Joshua Toomey here of the Talk To Me podcast. And before we get into this next episode on the CMS Podcast Network, let's talk about the Talk To Me t-shirt. It is awesome. It has a skull, pizza, and headphones, all the great things in life. <laughs> so if you want to support the Talk To Me podcast, head over to talktomepod.com, scroll to the bottom of the screen, order yourself a Talk To Me t-shirt, let your friends and family know that you support the Talk To Me podcast, and that will be much appreciated. So once again, guys, talktomepod.com, and now on to the episode you actually came to see. Thanks for downloading another segment from the best of the Classic Metal Show. The Classic Metal Show is heard live on Saturdays from 9 p.m. to 3 a.m. Eastern exclusively at www.theclassicmetalshow.com. And now here's another piece of Classic Metal Show history on the best of the Classic Metal Show. The Classic Metal Show. All right. Well, speaking of uh, metal legends, I, I guess I guess Blackie Lawless at this point has reached legendary status. Yes or no? Legendary status? Uh, you know, he was kind of uh, a very controversial figure back in the '80s. He uh, he was basically responsible for drawing the ire of Tipper Gore to where she, you know, formed that PMRC. And, uh, you know, he used a lot of profanity back then in the music, which at that time still, there wasn't really a lot of profanity-laden music. It, it was very blatant stuff back then. So I would really say, close. I would say from a, I'm not going to say pioneering standpoint, but from a, I don't know, what do you want to call him? He he was like, he was like one of the new generations of, of shock rock. I guess he took what Alice Cooper did and took it up two notches before Marilyn Manson came on the scene. Yeah, he broke ground. There's no question. He broke some ground. Legendary? I don't know, man. I mean, obviously, he's not a Rob Halford. Yeah, I mean, I would put Rob Halford, Dickinson, Ozzy, Dio as legends. Maybe Hetfield. Iconic? Iconic might be good, but but I mean, the, the difference is, is that Wasp, at their best, never had big sales. Well, I don't know. Does, I think, does iconic I think to be legend to be legendary? You have to have big sales. Okay, so so you relate that to record sales? Somewhat, sure. I, I relate it to the whole package, but I mean, how many people go out? I, I mean, there are people that love love Ozzy or Dio. Sure. You know, I don't know. Has there ever been that kind of fans? For Wasp? No, I, I would I would say notorious, that notorious maybe. Notorious, yeah, that might be a better word. Yeah, I I don't think legendary, but notorious. Probably one of the most notorious bands of all time. Sure. I would say it's clearly them. Sure. When it, when it comes to a niche uh, market, as as far as like shock rock is concerned. Sure, absolutely. Because you got to remember, back in the eighties, he was he was uh, dr drinking the blood out of those skulls and whipping meat into the audience and. You know, uh, you know. Obviously, we we've spoken about the KFD tour. Yeah, I mean, he's wild. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I, and by and you know, I love Wasp. You know, personally, I, I like most of their stuff anyway. But um, you know, I don't know that I would say legendary. I'd okay. say notorious. Notorious. That that would be more apropos. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, uh, lately Blackie has been doing press mostly in Europe because he's going to be touring in Europe and Babylon the new CD is 
been released in Europe, won't be released here in the States until after the first of the year, which by that time, anybody in the States who wanted it probably would have it by now. Yeah, well, I'd say by right now they have it. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 what I mean. So, you know, but nevertheless, mm-hmm. Blackie is putting out a new message here. Yeah, it's the new Blackie Lawless. He he is he's always been he's always been very well versed, very well spoken. Uh, he he spoke about uh, politics and. I know one of the one of the uh things that Blackie has always challenged or or, or uh tried to you know put his finger in the face of is religion. Yeah, sure, absolutely. And from from my personal experiences with Blackie Lawless and interviewing him and stuff, it's it's pretty clear that he came up with came up in a Catholic background. Sure. Sure. And you know, obviously his some of his CDs, The Crimson Idol and The Neon God are sort of directed toward that or are inspired by his, you know, religious upbringing. Sure, and let's not forget Unholy Terror either. Unholy Terror, the same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it it seems as if Mr. Lawless has now taken a new stance to where he's like getting himself right with the Lord, if you will. Yeah, it does seem that way, doesn't it? And with everything coming to light uh, as of late, this this you know these wars. If you know anything about the uh, the Book of Revelation, it speaks of wars and rumors of wars in the Middle East, and you know just all kinds of prophecy. Right. Uh, you're get you kind of get the impression that Blackie believes we're living in the last days. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's he's definitely seeing that it's over in two years. Yeah, well, ba- basically that's kind of the message he has, and uh, he seems to have changed his tune. Uh, he seems like he's trying to be more of a uh, uh, what do you want to call uh, leading an example? Yeah, and mm-hmm. helping and guiding people, and almost becoming um, like a mentor almost. Yeah, he's, he seems to be going that route. I don't know if it's going to work with Wasp fans. Yeah. But, hey. Well, anyway, uh, Blackie did an interview with a, uh, I think this is a uh, podcast called Metal Zone. Okay. So uh, it's metalzone.gr. Is that is that Germany? GR? Sure. What is Germany? .gr? Greenland? Greenland? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not G-R-S. positive. So you could look it up yourself. It's called Metal Zone. Yeah. So we're going to play, you know, the first 10 or 15 minutes of this interview here and comment along the way. But very early on, he gets into his his thoughts on prophecy and his belief system now. Okay, good. At the other end of our line, we've got the reason why I started to listening heavy metal, Blackie Lovis. Hello, Blackie. Welcome in Metal Zone. Well, thank you for having me. First of all, I'd like to congratulate you on your latest release, Babylon. Thank you. Can you tell us a few things about this release? Well, um, it basically started about a year ago when I was watching a lot of the the world leaders, especially a lot of the EU leaders, when we were experiencing what they were calling this global financial crisis. And when they were talking about that, they started saying things like, uh, 
you know, potentially having a one-world system and uh, a one-world government and maybe even a one-world currency. And I started listening very closely to these guys, and I thought to myself, have these guys been reading their Bible? Because do they not understand what they are saying about a one-world system? You know, because, I mean, it's that's really direct Bible prophecy is what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So I went back and I started doing a pretty detailed study of Revelation in the Bible and also other places in the Bible that had to do with, with prophecy. And it was very, very interesting, you know, because it was a lot of what they were saying. And, you know, even just a few weeks ago, I heard one of the leaders out of the EU say that they believed that by the year 2018 that they could have everybody in the EU microchipped. So uh, if you know anything about the Bible and prophecy, they always talk about the mark of the beast. Right, sure. Well, I guess if you want to put it in modern terms, would would you consider the microchipping of people the mark of the beast, receiving the mark of the beast? Well, I'd, you know what, man? I mean, that's that's the million-dollar question is what is the beast? If well, the beast is government, then, yeah, I guess that would be the mark, but, you know. Because, I don't know. I mean, that's 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 a big reach that 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 is. Personally, do I want to be microchipped? Hell no. Of course not. But that being said, I mean, what is considered the quote unquote beast? Well, you know, if you read the book of Revelation, it says if, if for those who don't receive the mark of the beast, you can't buy, sell, or trade. Mm-hmm. And of course, our government uh, recently mandated that all medical records be put into a digital format. Sure. So your all your personal information will be accessible by the government as well. Well, don't we already kind of have the mark of the beast then? If we're going to say that the government is the beast, because we all have to carry ID cards. Well, that I think that's leading up to it, but I think what they're talking about is something more permanent. Yeah. You know well, that this is actually on your person. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. And when I heard that, I went, whoa. You know, you know, 20 years ago, I wrote Headless Children, and in that song, there's a line that says, four horsemen sit high up in the saddle and waiting, and ride the bloody trail of no return. And when I heard these guys saying this, I thought, are we closer to that now than we were even then? Of course we were, because it's 20 years later now. Yeah, we're closer <laughs> to everything. Yeah, so we, we definitely are 20 years closer to whatever it is that we're heading for yeah good good observation black because you know again i'm not sure these guys really understand what they're saying but this is potentially really really scary stuff so anyway that's you know when i started looking at the idea of what they were saying in comparison to what was being uh mentioned about prophecy in the bible that's really where the idea of babylon came from because babylon is this this idea of a civilization that was a long time ago that will really rise again. And in comparison to the Roman Empire will rise again. And the Roman Empire today is, is by many people, is uh, believed to be that is what the EU is now. You know, so really, you know, it's just, it's an observation of looking at, you know, a lot of these things and really asking the question, are we closer to this now than we think we are? 
Well, if we uh, have this uh, so-called disgrace of a president in the office basically handing the keys to America off to them, I I could see that being the case. I got to distance myself from your comments because I want some change, man. <laughs> it's not like I can get dollars anymore, so hand me some change. Right. Please. So do you feel that there might be the apocalypse coming? Do you think that is where... What I'm trying to say to people is keep your eyes open mm-hmm. and pay close attention to the politicians that you elect. Because, you know, I've, I've talked about this for 20 years. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you about something I don't know about. You know, because, I mean, even Christ said in the New Testament, when the disciples asked him, they said, you know, when will all this happen? And he says, no man knows the hour. So I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you that I know about when something like that may happen. Mm-hmm. But what I am saying is take the time to think about the people that represent you. Because if you don't use your freedom, you will lose your freedom. And it happens, you know, in the EU. It happens in America because we get very comfortable. We become complacent. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, politicians really understand that. You know, they need that to do the things that they do. That's why they become so corrupt. And one of the things I'm very encouraged about is I don't know how much you see over there about what's really been going on in America the last four or five months. But, um, you know, the people here are really starting to speak out. You know, there was a a protest in Washington, D.C. last Saturday. Mm -hmm. 75,000 people were there. And that's one of the biggest protests I've ever seen in my life in this country. So uh, how many uh, news organizations outside of Fox News covered that? I don't know. I guess he didn't have TV when they had the Million Man March. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I uh, I don't think there was actually a million folks there. Sure there were. Yeah, absolutely. What are you talking about? Al Sharpton said so. The Million Man March. That's right. No, I, you know, of course nobody but Fox News is going to do it. Because the the media is run by the government, man. Yeah, they 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 hand down the uh, the agenda that these media uh, out, outlets are uh, supposed to cover. Well, let's just keep it to this point. If you're looking to your television for your news, you're an idiot. I'll just leave it that way. I'm not going to support Fox News or dis, dis on CNN or any of them or, or vice versa. If you're solely getting your news from what you're seeing on television, whatever channel it is, you're a fucking dumbbell. you got to go out there and find the news. you got to look in places that, you know, normally an American wouldn't look. You know, other news. Is, you got to look at all the news sites, whether it's the BBC or Al Jazeera or CNN or Fox. you got to read all of it. And then kind of put the pieces together and figure figure out where the middle is, and then you'll probably be closer to on track. All right. Thank you there, Billy Milano. And another thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, Obama, you know, when he came in, he was, a lot of people were enthusiastic about the things he was saying, but they didn't really understand what his policies were going to be because... You know, he says one thing and he does another, like all politicians do. 
<laughs> and people are really beginning to understand what he's about now because he's a socialist. And in America... <laughs> no, he's not. What? No way. No, socialism. That's the S word. You're not allowed to say that yeah. about Obama. He just says, because he's a socialist, straight out. Let me just let me just tell you, I'm going to get on the phone with the White House right now, and I'm calling that number that you call to report when people are saying that to yeah. about President Obama. Yeah, they're going to straighten Steve Duran right out. That's right. Hello, White House. Steve Duran said that Obama's a socialist. Get him! <laughs> uh, you know, our system is really not based on socialism. And, you know, his, his um, approval ratings, his popularity has fallen faster than any other president in the history of the United States. Uh -huh. you know, he's below 45% now. And that's pretty amazing for a guy that just became president. That doesn't normally happen. You know, so, and the reason for that is because people are starting to understand where he really wants to govern, the place he wants to govern from. Thanks for that, you sheeple. <laughs> Thanks a lot, sheeple. Do you think he's really below 45%? Yeah, he's he's right at the 45% range. Is he really? Yep. He he got a little he got a little bit of a bump uh a couple of weeks ago would put him back over the 50% mark, but then he started falling again. Well, maybe Jim Bartek could listen to his speeches every day for 500 days, give him a little bit of a bump. Right. <laughs> and is it me or can I not go a day without seeing this guy on TV? Who, Obama? Yeah. I go a day without it because I've stopped watching news. Yeah, well, what I mean is I cannot watch TV or even read my online news without seeing this guy on there. Well, let me just tell you, dude, in all fairness, man, I mean, the arrival of the great the great God, the great Messiah. Well, as, as Sean Hannity would put it, the anointed one. That's right. You know, I mean, what? don't you think that even in biblical times they expected when Jesus came back, that he would be that whatever media we had would be all about it, right? I suppose so. So the media is all about covering the Messiah. I guess. This guy's a fucking joke. Which is really from a socialistic point of view, and that's the reason that all these protests are going on. The one that was in Washington last weekend is not the only one. It's been happening in every major city in the United States for the last couple of months. This is, this is, I, you know, I was a little kid in the '60s. But I still remember the protests that went on because of the Vietnam War. This, what is happening in America right now, is bigger than that. It's much bigger than that. And you may not be... That's because we got more people now. Yeah, I'd just like to say, I find Blackie, Blackie Lawless's comments to be extremely racist. And I'm, I think he should be charged with hate crimes for this. Right. And he's very racist by not supporting Obama. Right. And uh, while you're at it, get that Chris guy on that classic metal show, too. Yeah, get that <laughs> Get him, too. That's right, pal. He's speaking out against you. Get him. I'm speaking for him. I said I wanted change. Right. Seeing it over there, because I know that most of the, the media, especially in Europe right now, is very pro-Obama. So they're going to do their own version of censorship. They're not going to really show you everything that's going on. But believe me when I say to you, this is the biggest thing I've ever seen in this country in my lifetime. Do you feel that as an artist, it's kind of uh, 
your debt to speak out to your perception of the world and what's going on. Do you feel that um, it's kind of your duty to point out what you feel is wrong? I think. Oof. Well, was that a question that I asked Udo? Yeah, I yeah I think so. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Well, you know what I always like about these interviews? What's that? Is that these these interviewers never challenge them on anything. No, of course they never not. ask the question. They never engage them in conversation. They ask mm-hmm. the question, let them state it, and then they move on. Yeah, of course. They're already looking at their sheet for the next question. Yeah, so she, she didn't even agree, disagree, uh, you know, elaborate on anything. She just waited till he was done, and then she just asked the next question. Well, let's not forget, too, dude, that <sighs> people are scared to death to talk about politics. I guess. There's that stupid myth that, oh, my God, if you say something bad about the president, somebody's going to knock at your door and take you away. Well, no, it's not it. They're only going to do that if you threaten them. Right. Right now, anyway. Yeah, right now. Yeah, but once the agenda gets put in there, socialist agenda, you know I'm going. Right. <laughs> it is an interesting word because, in all honesty, that is precisely the way I feel. Because, you know, I was blessed beyond compare. You know, my life has been really pretty amazing. You know, I've been given so much. And, you know, when you're 20 years old, you know, all 20-year-olds are the same. They're all selfish, you know, and they're only interested in themselves. But as you get a little older, and especially if you've had some success, you start to ask the question, why me? Why was I chosen to do this? And when you start to ask yourself those questions, the one thing that keeps coming back to you is you start to understand that you're here to perform a service. And I am one of those people that I feel I'm a messenger. And I think that that's what really my job is. You know, that's my purpose in life. You know, most people go through life trying to figure out what their their purpose is. Okay. But this is, and and they never find it. You know, and that's sad. But I've been lucky enough and blessed enough to have this shown to me what I'm supposed to do, and really what I do for a living, and what you do for a living, is very similar. You know, there's very little difference. I mean, we're both reporters. The difference. All right. So. He said, he said, what, it's been shown to me. Yeah. So I wonder at what point did he have this revelation that now all of a sudden he's a a messenger? I'm thinking it was probably about the time he was laying on the floor clutching his heart. Probably. That's my guess. Yeah. So, so you think due to his, his physical ailments, he's had sort of a change of heart, pardon the pun. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I totally think, you know, laying in that hospital room, you you get into that zone where you're like, man, you know, this ain't right. I, you know, you question your life and you question your, you know, your your morality and everything else, and then you, you know, you either go one way or the other. You either say, you know, yeah, that's that's the way it should be, or I need to change this, or what I'm thinking is crap. Right. You know, and I think I think through. It's no secret he's had a bunch of health problems over the last two two to three years. Right. 
So I honestly think, you know, and he said about a year ago is when he started writing this this album and researching revelations and stuff. Well, what was going on around then? Recovery from some kind of a heart ailment. Sure. So he had nothing but time. Right. You know, fear put a Bible in his hand. True. That's my thought. All right. You're very linear there, sir. Well, thank you, I think. is that when I put words together, I make them rhyme. But that's really the only difference, because what I'm doing is the same as you. I'm writing down what I see, you know, the things I hear, and I'm reporting back to the people on it, you know. And from my experience, because I've got to see so many things in the world and go so many places, I see it from a point of view that most people are never going to see it from, because you go enough places and you see enough things, and you'll start to begin to understand the real truth of what's going on because every country, I don't care who they are, whether it's Greece, whether it's America, or whether it's Russia, there's going to be censorship by the government to some degree. It may not be as bad as Russia or China, but there's going to be influence from the government over the media to some degree, some place. Uh-oh. He's getting into the conspiracy theory here. You know, he's talking real quick, though, about about how, you know, he's a reporter and he writes what he sees. What do you think he was reporting on when he wrote Dirty Balls? <laughs> well, this was this was before the transformation. But he's always been a reporter. Sure. <laughs> sure. Just thought, just, just, that just popped into my mind. I'm just wondering. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe he was in the shower one day and he was, you know, looked down and thought, "Damn, it's about time I took a shower." Yeah, no kidding. I got dirty balls. I think, yeah. I'll, that's, I think I'll write a song about that. Yeah, put the soap down, grab a pen. They're worse than others, but they're always going to tell you, or by the influence they have over the media, because they have friends in the media, they have people that have very specific interests tied to that government at the time. So they're going to be friendly to that. The media will be friendly to the government. That's certainly happening here in the United States uh, with Obama. But it's not... The problem with reporting is where censorship really lies is not in the reporting of the stories. It's not reporting the stories. That's... Wow. Well, there's a there's a mouthful for you. Do you see him in a big chair with a pipe, just waxing poetic to this person? Sure. I just totally see that image. He's sitting there, you know, got stroking his chin, pontificating mm-hmm. on, uh, you know, on life and you know, life in general and the way things are. All right, got an empty pipe in his mouth, one of those little those little tubes hooked to his mouth and nose, so he can breathe the oxygen that's behind the chair. He's just he's just enjoying life. Right. <laughs> Where real censorship comes in. That's the one that is the most sneaky. You know, that, that people, it doesn't seem like censorship, but that's really what it is. Because they're not telling you the whole story. You know, and like, I, I understand, I've been doing interviews for about two weeks now. And the one thing that the journalists keep telling me that is the, the European... Uh, understanding about American health care is Obama is trying to help poor people and the Republicans who are big and rich uh, 
don't want that. And it's very interesting because, you know, when we're doing an interview, I'm listening to the journalist as much as they're listening to me. Because well, what is she telling you, Blackie? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What what has this one told you? What has she said to you that uh, you're picking up on? What's the message that she's uh, giving to you? And by the way, for the record, I don't agree with Blackie on this. On which part? On the part about uh, censorship is not saying it. That's not censorship. It's choice. Right. You know, (laughs) censorship is just that, is when you you, uh, you block it out. Uh They're not blocking it out by not reporting it. There's, there's, you know, you can make choice on what you do and don't report. Right. You know, if if nine tenths of the people are are not choosing to report it, you know, do I think they should report it fairly and balanced and all that other shit? Sure. But the reality is, is that they don't. And again, I go back to my original point that people that are people are just lemmings, man. They just they 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 listen for news bites and that's where they get their whole. I mean, look at the election, dude. And you know this. How many times did we talk to people, whether it was fans calling in or people in your office or people that you knew or whatever, where they would say, yeah, I'm going to vote for Obama. And then you would say back to them, really, what issues is is important to you and why are they important? What is he saying that's right? And nobody had an answer. Well, at least he's not Bush. Yeah. Well, that's not an answer. Yeah. That's not an answer either. Hitler's not Bush. Right. I mean, shit. But but that is how America is right now. Everybody everybody lives their life thinking that they're knowledgeable because they heard the right soundbite. Right. It's fucking silly. And and if you want to talk about the youngsters who who actually went out there and voted because this was the biggest, uh, you know, young people's turnout was uh, the what they were voting for was a young hip black guy. Yeah, exactly. They weren't voting for a president. They weren't voting for his uh, his uh, stance on certain issues. They were voting because he was a young hip black guy. Wouldn't it be cool to have a young hip president? Yeah, look, who, I saw I saw him on MTV. How cool is that? Yeah, he I saw him listening and tell listening to and telling us what was on his iPod. Yeah, that was cool, man. I got the same iPod he does. And I saw him on Ellen, and he was on there dancing. He was dancing with Ellen. You know how how Ellen comes out and does that cool dance around the audience? Well, he was up there dancing, and he was cool and hip. Yeah, he was something. I'm voting for him. Yeah, thanks a lot, Burger King kid. Right. Appreciate that. You know, you who makes $6 an hour and doesn't pay more than fucking three cents of, of every dollar for your tax. Thanks a lot. Because we're getting fucked because of you. I'm trying to really see what they're interested in. Because, you know, the best interviews are conversational. You know, where you, you, you go back and forth and you really, you have a, a mixture of ideas going on. Mm-hmm. And when I listen to those journalists, <laughs> I get an idea of what their media is telling them in their country. And so it's very interesting. Like I said, it, it's not... You know what they're telling you it's what they're not telling you and that's really that too is censorship you know so from my point of view to be able to go to a lot of different places and see a lot of different things I feel my job is to tell the truth the best I can no matter whether it's good or it's bad you know it's just tell the truth you know because all art is designed to make people think whether it's music or movies or 
you know, paintings, anything like that. You know, if it doesn't make you think, then it's not really art. And in the music world, if it doesn't make you think, then it's it's just somebody making pop music. <laughs> Taking a swipe at, uh, you know, the uh, pop music scene. Yeah, that's good. I did a lot of thinking when I was listening to such um such uh, cerebral tunes as Nine Five Nasty or Ball Crusher or um, you know L O V E Love Machine, <laughs> Fuck Like a Beast. Yeah, those, those all those all had me um cerebrally uh, stimulated. Or Eat Me Raw. Yeah, Eat Me Raw. <laughs> eat Me Raw. <laughs> what is he talking about? Yeah, he's he's on a different uh, plane now, my friend. But is it? But you know, you know, and that's fine. You know, and you know what we said this last week. I'll say it again this week. Any rock guy, any human being that wants to change their course, and if that course is religion that they want to go to, that's cool. You know, I mean, that's. If that's what makes you feel right spiritually or whatnot, more power to you, you know? That's good. That being said, though, you can never go and ignore your past and pretend it didn't happen, especially if you have the past of a Blackie Lawless. Right, and Blackie, as I said last week, uh, one of the most decadent of, of rockers for his time. Yeah, I mean, if, if he truly wants to be spiritually i don't know embraced or thought of or taken taken seriously as in whatever spiritual thing he's in right now you know what he's got to do he literally has to come out and say look i'm sorry i did that stuff yeah i renounce my past yeah that what i did was not was not cool and at the time i thought it was but now it's not and i'm not saying that it is or it isn't i'm just saying that if he's try if he's really true to what he's saying here then he's got to come out and say, "Look, I did a lot of stupid shit that doesn't does not relate to anything I'm saying right now, but it made me a lot of money." Right at the time, that was that's what I did. That's what I believed. I didn't think of anything other than uh, how, how did uh, Paul Stanley say it? When when you write rock and roll, you write with your crotch. Right. And that's what he was doing back in the day. But now all of a sudden, he's now a mature messenger, and he's upstanding, and he's here to preach and message and be a prophet and you know so yeah, but, he, he's, but with the exception of one song he's not renouncing anything he did sure he's just saying you know i'm not going to play this one song because it doesn't match what i used to you know what where i'm at today well neither do a lot of other songs that i guarantee you he's still playing right you know do you i mean honestly i know we said this last week but it is he not playing blind in texas i don't know I, what do you think? I, I couldn't tell you. I haven't seen a set list lately, so I don't know the answer. Or, or Love Machine? Yeah. I mean, would you not be a highly disappointed Wasp fan if you went to a show and those two tunes weren't played? Yeah. Well, uh, also, probably a majority of the uh, KFD record. Well, that whole album's got to go. Yeah, kill, Fuck, Die. That album has to go. Uh, Hell Dorado has to go. Not that he's ever really featured much off of that album anyway. You know, most of the stuff from the Electric Circus has to go. Basically, everything has to go before Headless Children. Sure. And then there's a couple of tunes in Headless Children, and then really it's got to become a modern show of maybe the last five albums. Right, I agree. So, you know, if Blackie wants to walk the walk that he's talking, then um, let's see it. Sure. 
We'll and, and believe me, I can't wait to bring this up with him because we're going to have a long conversation with him. Oh, you and, and, and believe me, he will give us the time. And and, and that's my – yeah, because we will question him. Right. We will have the debate he's saying he wants. Of course. Mm-hmm. We will have that conversation back and forth. And it's not even and, – and, you know, I hope – that the fans don't think that we're all of a sudden against Blackie. No, or... no. I, listen, I I like Blackie Lawless. I've always okay. been a fan. He's always treated me well. I, I've interviewed him on four different occasions, and I know I told the story that I was did one on one with him in a in a closed room in a closed dressing room, just he and I, sure. for for a full hour. Mm-hmm. So you know. I'm not against what he's doing or what he's saying, but it would be interesting, his perspective on what about your back catalog? What about your sins of the past? Are you renouncing that? And are you going to be, uh, you know, uh, a Bible thumper messenger for the Lord now? I mean, I've got I've got the, I've got even the harder questions for him. Your biggest seller right now is clearly your old past catalog. Do you now as the messenger? Of today's of today's spirituality, do you now not want people to buy those records? Correct. That's my question to him. Do you not want people to download old Wasp songs from iTunes? Sure. Because that's against the message that you're preaching. I agree with you. You know, preach it or don't. Right. Well, we'll play a couple more minutes and then we'll move on here. Okay. And, you know, that's okay, too. You know, because there is a place for that. But art is a different thing. Art is designed to provoke thought. If it doesn't do that, then you're just making fast food for the ears. So I feel that's my job. Do you feel heavy metal is something higher than a style of music? What? What? It's, no. <laughs> do you feel heavy metal is something higher than a style of music like what is like, it its own religion like it like it transcends just normal music is it a, is it a language yeah well let's see uh, we'll we'll listen to his answer here and then we'll move on all right i mean do you feel it's a way of life yeah. a wake up call you know you know the 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 english leader winston churchill mm-hmm. he said that when you're in your 20s if you're not a liberal you have no heart. When you're in your 40s, if you're not a conservative, you have no brain. You know, and that's, a, that's an interesting way of putting it. Because, you know, when, like I was saying before, when we were in our 20s, we have an idea of what we think the world should be. And even as wonderful as those thoughts may be, when we get a little older, we start to understand that it's just not going to work like that. And the best thing that you can do is to try to make the best place for yourself that you can and also at the same time help as many people as you can. That's really what you discover as you, you know, you get into your 40s. And I really feel that way now, you know, that that's really, my whole thing is to serve. That's really the reason I'm here, you know. So I, I do believe that the idea of the music that we do in bands in our genre of, of heavy rock, that we represent something that is an expression of that rebellious spirit. And somebody was asking me just yesterday about being so honest. And I said, well, 
do you understand that real honesty, I mean, just brutal honesty, that is one of the, for me, is one of the highest forms of rebellion. You know, your mother always told you when you were a little kid, always tell the truth, you know. Well, we sometimes, you know, get away from that. But you can really, to me, with the whole spirit of rock and roll, whether it's heavy rock or just rock in general, that is the spirit of it. So when you say, you know, is it a lifestyle? Well, yeah, it is. And, but part of that is the metal community is one of the most prejudiced communities there is. You know, they like to think of themselves as liberal, but they're not. They're extremely conservative about what they like, you know. And so by definition, that's conservative, you know, whether mm -hmm. they want to understand that or not. It really is because when I say they're prejudiced, they're prejudiced against things they don't like and they don't want to listen to anything else. You know, that's okay. So let's just recognize it, though, for what it is. Let's tell the truth. Because the truth, like I said, to me, is one of the highest forms of that rock and roll rebel spirit. You know, so you're absolutely correct when you say it is a lifestyle, but at the same time, let's examine what that lifestyle is. All right, there you go. Thanks, Black. So I guess we're rebels because I think we tell the truth here <laughs> on the show. So we're, we're we're rebels, Chris. We're really conservative. Yeah, we are. Oh, you got that right because I certainly don't want to be called a fucking lib. Yeah, no kidding. Fuck that. All right, well there there you go. There's there's Blackie Lawless speaking to Metal Zone. I guess that's Greece. Greece, okay. Yeah, dot, dot gr Greece. Reese. That makes sense. Okay. Thanks for checking out the best of the Classic Metal Show. You can tune in to the Classic Metal Show live every Saturday night from 9 p.m. to 3 a.m. Eastern exclusively at www.theclassicmetalshow.com. The Classic Metal Show. There's no better way to keep up with the CMS Podcast Network than with the CMS Podcast Network app. Get all episodes of the Classic Metal Show, Shockwave Skull Sessions, Talk To Me, and Aftershocks TV on one great app. Just look up Classic Metal Show in your iOS or Google App Stores. Never miss a single moment of entertainment from the CMS Podcast Network. Get the CMS Podcast Network app today.